coast of London. What's his name? Matt Berry? That's it. Matt Berry! Matt Berry! <laughs> Darling. <laughs> he has an unusual voice. Apparently when it came to... Because obviously when he's talking normally, he doesn't sound like that. It's just... No, he sounds normal. But in all of his roles, he puts on that voice. <laughs> then he gets more jobs because of that voice. So he keeps doing that voice. <laughs> Yeah, he sort of. Um, it, I remember watching an interview. He was just like, "Oh, it's just a silly voice I made up at some point," and people just went, "Yes, that." And they're like, "Okay, Matt Berry, can you come and play Matt Berry for me?" <laughs> but I, I'm an actor. I can do a range of accents. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't want those ones. <laughs> we want Matt Berry. We want hello there, <laughs> Father. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't like. Matt Berry, don't watch Toast of London because it's the most Matt Berry <laughs> Matt Berry has ever been. I like because he writes it, he stars in it, probably probably directs it as well, mm. or at least to some extent. Um, and it's very surreal, then some of the humour and subversive, which I will I will be honest, some of it is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're very it's, clearly it's, going for something, and they don't quite get there, but a lot of it is funny. So. It's is it one of those things where they're throwing a lot of shit at the wall? No, not at all. But not necessarily shit, but just sort of like throwing a lot of things at you. And because obviously humour is subjective, like for some people, it might hit perfectly those things which you don't think hit. Yeah, no, I'm sure it does. Uh, but and I'm sure as well there's people that love all of it. But for me, I'm not. It's it, I very rarely laughed out loud at it. But right. it's I don't laugh out loud at many things. Now it's more just like a. Huh, yeah, I enjoyed that. It's, 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 it's because a, I'm emotionally dead. <laughs> it's it's the same as me. Like. Uh, um, Apart from if I'm, I guess I'm watching certain certain comedy shows where it's just lots of quick, I don't know, um, with things which actually are genuinely laugh out loud funny. Um, most such as, well, I'm trying to think of them because um, I obviously I, I really like the Bo Burnham stuff, but I know, I find myself oh, not necessarily laugh out. laughing out loud, yeah. which is why I was saying thinking I really like Lee Mack. Um, yeah, I thought he, I think he's really funny. I think a lot. I think there's a lot of comedians especially in the UK, just because of the panel show format is so popular here, mm. that I really enjoy them on panel shows, but I find their stand-up doesn't quite match it. I think they've got yeah. a very good improvisational wit. Mm. But when they've, when they, you know, but when they've got to sit down and write something to perform it on their own, they don't have someone else to bounce off. It doesn't mm. come across as strongly. And I think Lee, Lee Mack, Mack might is, be one of those people. Yeah, I've heard that been said about Lee Mack before. Yeah, um, there's nothing against him. Uh, I felt the same way about Sean Locke, the late Sean Locke. Uh, he did his stand-up, he's done his stand-up stuff for years and he's very popular. Mm. But I, it didn't click for me. But on panel shows, on they out of 10 cats and does Countdown and all the other ones in QI, like I thought he's brilliant. Mm. And there are some comedians who are the complete opposite of that. Because like, if you consider Michael McIntyre, yeah. his his live shows were hugely loved. But like when he appears by on... By some people. <laughs> by a good majority of people in the UK. By some people. <laughs> I was um, but when he appeared on sort of panel shows, like Mock the Week... Uh, he didn't really stand out very highly. He was just he was he was there. Yeah. Well, what happens on Mock the Week a lot is that comedians will come on, and what they'll do is try and use whatever the prompt is to segue into a pre-prepared bit. Yeah. And so it could be something about the news, and then the, but then Michael Batter goes, "Oh, did you ever notice how when this happens?" It's, and it was just related to that, and especially on that bit where they have to do. I don't know if they still did on Mock the Week. Or how long that carried on for, but there was a bit just because just when they go up and they'd get a topic and they'd have to do a bit of stand up on that. Mm. And there was a time where Frankie Boyle went up and he just got Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like it's not a coincidence, is it? Like you've just put that up to sort of match it up. It just so happens <laughs> that they've all got pre prepared material. Like Milton, you heard, you heard of Milton Jones? Yeah, he's a one line comedian, one liner comedian, um, and like Tim Vine or the others. And so you have to give 
them something to bounce off with. Otherwise, it's just completely nonsense, random. Like you're not going to get the quick. There are some moments, I'm sure. They're not. You know, it's not all or nothing. I think when it comes to people like Tim Vine, there are certain ones who have a huge, huge amount of them. It's just a repertoire. I, yeah, like I think when it's your job and everything like that, you pro- and you have a lot of one-liners. You're just going to fill your brain just with a million one-liners. And so if, if something's somewhat related to it, it's like, okay, I can bring this one out. And then you can lead that on to other ones which you've got. Because obviously if you bring one out, it's probably... Uh, one-liner number 342 of the set of uh, 597. Think, so you can just list the next one. I think Tim Vine had, I don't know if he still has, but he had the world record for the most amount of jokes told in like a, a session, like an hour or two-hour period or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, really? Because it was just, it was just, like bullets just like he said that was he said that was the great thing about with the one line is just like oh you don't like that one it's fine here's five more (laughs) (laughs) yeah you haven't got time to sort of take a breath it's all like oh i didn't think about that one oh there's another joke oh funny you don't have to worry Mm. about it um although i did i did i watched tim vine on i'm gonna because there's so many similar formats i don't remember which one it was it was either like jerry seinfeld's comedians and cars getting coffee or james corden's karaoke or one of those formats where they're in a car, I think it was. Were, were they singing? And he wasn't singing because Tim Vine is not known for his singing. <laughs> it's probably was, not James Corden's it, one. No, but it might. Be, but what I mean is, yeah, that yeah, kind no, of yeah, He's in a car. They're having to be in a car, yeah. and, he, and as they're driving around, he said he notices something funny. He goes, "Oh, that's quite a good thing. I can get that into a one-liner." And then, like over the course of the interview, he's like, "Oh, maybe does this work?" And it doesn't work. And then eventually, before the end of the interview, he gets it and he sort of finesses it into a one-liner that which he could then use on stage. Mm. And it's just like I guess your brain's always in that mode. I guess when you're a comedian who does that thing, your brain will always look for a way you can turn that thing into something else or to, mm. to create it. Whereas more people just go, yeah, I guess, fine. I guess it's kind of funny. Moving on. Whereas wonder, he'll let it sit in his brain. I wonder um, if that's the way your brain's working. If it's like, if if Tim Vine enjoys it, if that's the reason why his brain's always like that. I Because there'll be people who will say, okay, I'm now in uh, work mode because people separate between work and home life. And then they think, okay, this is something. Uh, th- now is the time for me to go on work mode. Now I'm going to try and sort of go out there and try and find things to make make these jokes about, yeah. as opposed to sort of all the time being aware of this. Yeah, I don't know because technically it must be exhausting. Because if 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 he's he, t- he technically was working obviously at the time because yeah. if he's on said comedian cars with, with comedians paid. with cars, you're getting paid for that. He's having the conversation. And it's talking about his comedy, and you know it's it's also promotional stuff too. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm always wondered. Actually, this, this, that's, that's, that's interesting to me. Like, do you, when it comes to um, uh, sort of people on promos, whether you're going and doing um, sort of a film promo, if you're an actor, or if you turn up on another thing, how much do you get paid for that? I don't know. I don't know if, but because it might be in the case of uh, of an actor for like a feature film, when you sign up to that, you not only you get your fee, which mm. not only covers the film but also like advertising and promotional purposes i don't know about because i think for example like the graham norton show or something like that mm. it's the bbc i don't think they're paying out a significant no. chunk of money mm. to get these stars in or whether it's just included in the contract that you've got to do x amount of promo i don't know how it works no. and, and I, I couldn't i couldn't even possibly guess peter why have you asked <laughs> me this question i don't work in advertising well no. can you guess what films are out this week i don't know what week it is <laughs> Well, that, that's actually why I don't know if you know. Oh, do you, do you know why I brought you here today? I do again, uh, unless it's a different one. Is this like a different podcast? I'm now trapped <laughs> in episode one of something else. Where well, you going to put me on the spot for stand-up one-liners? <laughs> yes, do please. You, do you think? What's your, what's your what's your best one-liner? 
One liner. Well, one. What's your best one liner? Oh shit! I haven't got many good one liners. None neither do I. Already, <laughs> like you know, I remember when I was in uh, like at school and we were trying to get into the cafeteria for um, for food. You're right. I, this isn't a very good one liner. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> and there was like a prefect who was stopping us from going in and saying like I have to go in like slowly so we didn't all rush the cafeteria um but the way they this, one of them would would make sure that we sort of went in slowly he'd say what tell me a joke tell me a one-liner and every time i got to the top even though like i was i knew it was coming you had well prep. i was like oh shit um <laughs> what what can i say except you're welcome yeah. there's uh what can i say except you're welcome that's from a film mm-hmm. is that out that has been out for a while shit, i missed it um one uh, one line. Uh, there's two very short ones I can think of, yeah. and I don't know where I've nicked them from. Uh, there's, a, there's a very short one which is venison steer, isn't it? Or there's a two word one, dwarf shortage. I think they're both from Jimmy Carr. It, yeah. <laughs> which, to be honest with you, they could be a lot worse. They could be a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, like I, I like I remember there was a comedian. Uh, it's it's worth looking up, but there people when there's those comedian roundtables, they were asking Jimmy, "Okay, what is your most offensive joke?" Yeah, <laughs> I know that. I know the joke that he says as well. Yeah, and I think I'm, I, I could say it, but I'm not going to deliver it as well. No, um, but it's about AIDS. Yeah, it's it's, and everyone's just like, "Oh shit, <laughs> oh, fucking Christ!" Yeah, Jimmy Carr, you're. Uh... Yeah, but the thing is, you invite someone on that on the show yeah. and, then, and then ask them what's the worst one, and they go, "Oh my god!" I'm like. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, like yeah. he's going to tell a really wholesome joke about something wholesome. I don't know what's wholesome. A cheese. Gouda. It's Gouda. Which one's the whole? Uh, whatever. Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. That's it. So the three films you're talking about today. Three. Three. Oh, it was only two last week. Yep. All that time ago. <laughs> uh, was. Was uh, is will is, be. Yeah, will, will be. Uh, Sixty-five. Don't know anything about that. Scream 6. I've never seen a Scream film. And Lufa. Lufa? Lufa's out this week. Yeah, Lufa's out. Fuck it out. Right, forget the other two films. Let's talk about Luther. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know how much you pre- prepped into the other two. Let's talk about Lufa, you slag. <laughs> Go on in. I, when, when I was looking through the upcoming releases, um, when I checked it like a week ago, uh, Luther wasn't there. I was like, okay, there's only two films. That's the thing about Luther. He strikes me at least expecting. <laughs> I don't know if it's a recent thing, but it suddenly said March 10th, Luther. I'm like, all right, yeah. All right, Luther. Luther. But I have a... I have... I'm sat in your bath, Luther. <laughs> um, that's a good one-liner. <laughs> but that's, I'm, I'm saving saving that to the end because I think that's going to be our sort of like most conversational. All right, well, let's, let's bang out these other two. 65, <laughs> what the fuck's that, Pete? Is um, it 1965? No, it's just 65. No, no, I know, but is it a reference to 1965? No. What's the 65 a reference to? After a catastrophic crash on an unknown planet, pilot Mills quickly discovers he is now stranded on Earth 65 million years ago. Ah! Now, with only one chance of rescue, Mills and the only other survivor, Koa, must make their way across an unknown terrain riddled with dangerous prehistoric creatures in an epic fight to survive. Right, I know what the terrain is. It's Earth. It's the same <laughs> as it is now. Um, this is the one with Adam Driver. That's. I, I was going to say, who's in it? Who's yeah. Mr. Mills? Uh, I don't know who the I like because I remember the the poster just says Adam Driver on it. Oh, who's the other one? If there's one of the survivors, I'm guessing they don't make it very long into the film. Oh, <laughs> or is it one of like those where it's like they're they're alive and then Adam Driver gets a bit hungry <laughs> and then he's got to make an important decision. 
Because I don't know how edible a dinosaur is. I mean, I assume fairly. To other dinosaurs, sure. I but mean, we, why... we didn't coexist at the same time. Why would they be edible? I mean, hmm. I don't see it as completely out there to think that like, a dinosaur How would many be... reptiles do you eat? Many. Many. I mean, yeah. I guess a chicken is a descendant of a dinosaur, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to be quite as finger-licking good. <laughs> eat a chicken, eat a T-Rex. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Ariana Greenblatt. Greenblatt? Is... Yeah. I've not I... heard of her. Uh, she was young Gamora in Infinity War. Great. I didn't still don't know what she looks like then. <laughs> she yeah. was all greened up. Yeah. Uh, is she meant to be? How old is she in that? Is she like a child again? Or is uh, she... well, she would have uh, grown a little bit since then because Infinity War was what? How many years ago? Seventeen. No, Infinity War was twenty seventeen, maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't when you said I said how many years ago was it and you said 17 no, I, was no like, I, I was but then I thought no I think it was about 2017 or 2016 she it? was born 2007 okay so she's still a child in this cool yeah um, yeah I mean okay maybe Adam Driver doesn't eat her then but maybe she's his daughter in the film it's possible okay well yeah um, but I have a quiz for you is it about dinosaurs no these are films uh, numbers in them I've, I've I've got a bunch of films and uh, given gotten a letterbox review of them, right? And the these and you have to guess what film they are. Okay. All these films are based around have numbers in the title. Okay, deck. Uh, and they're sort of like based like based around the number. It's not like Fast and Furious Seven. Too or fast, whatever. too furious. It's 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 literally like the number is part of the title. Okay. So the first one. <laughs> ready? Uh, should I, do I have to get ready for it? I, I think so. <laughs> um, there are some scary, dangerous people in this world, and then there's Alex Garland, but who one day decided, "What if zombies, but fast?" Uh, things I know Alex Garland, and I know lots of films with fast zombies in them. Mm-hmm. Some of them have numbers. Twenty eight yep. days later is one of them. It is one of them. Did he write that, or is it? So do I have to give like a final answer? It's just like he wants to be, he wants to be a millionaire. Yeah, you have to give a final answer. Oh, fuck knows. Because um, I'm trying to think. Alex Garland, I know from a few different films. I'm trying to think of an Alex Garland zombie film. Mm. It's probably an obvious one, but my brain immediately goes to 28 weeks later, 28 days later. Uh, if if you say one, if if you say one of a franchise which has multiple, yeah. oh. well, the first one was Frank. What am I talking about? The first one was uh, Danny Boyle, mm. uh, and I also said Frankie Boyle. <laughs> What's the second one? The second one, Danny Boyle. But no, because surely it would be from the first one, if it's about fast zombies. What are other zombie films with fast zombies? Uh, there's World, World War Z, Z, which is uh, a letter, not a number. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's a string of letters in in a word form. Uh, <laughs> Three, well, well, two words and one World letter. Do da do da. Alex Garland. I'm gonna go to it. No, because I don't think he did that. I think it was. Danny Boyle. Tom. Yeah. Go for it. Tom is it is it that one that it I is that one. <laughs> Did Alex Garland write it then? Yeah. Oh, okay. Letterbox readers normally don't know who wrote, wrote wrote things. It's normally just the director and the actors they have a go at. Mm. Uh, sure. Twenty eight days later. Yep. Well yeah. done. You got the wrong right. Well done. Yeah. Um didn't know who wrote that. Oh. Yeah, apparently. He's he right. he, at least he, was he on does, the He does team. some good stuff, doesn't he? He does, yeah. That old uh, Alex Garland. Yeah, he did uh, dread. Um Yeah, that was alright. <laughs> okay. Um, second one I didn't appreciate this movie enough the first time I saw it because I knew the ending 
and I was really annoyed when I got sp- when I got it spoiled for me. Oh no! But rewatching it gives a whole new vibe. The screenplay is incredible. The direction is awesome, and the performances are all great. Are all great. Definitely the director's best film. I'm praying he makes something like this again. That was all very vague. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the director is a well-known director. Yes, it's the director's best work. Best work. Yes. What are a director? I'll read a bit of it again. <laughs> I didn't appreciate the, I didn't appreciate this movie enough the first time I saw it because I knew the ending. Titanic. Uh, uh, I and I was really annoyed when I got it spoiled for me. What spoiled the ending of mm. a film that's got a number in it? I don't think I can't name any film. Uh, uh, 127 hours. That, that's Danny Boyle as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Boyle apparently likes his numbers. Uh, he By the way, I have picked films which I'm pretty sure you would know all these. Ones. I know, I'm, but that doesn't guarantee that I know the answer. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know, but like I don't want to sort of because you could throw a complete curveball unless I for a couple of them. But. Hmm. See, normally, Peter, when you do this, you mention an actor or a like, last one, zombies, and you help me out. This one, if if I it give, was, might have been too subtle for me. I'm a bit thick. Uh, if if I gave you the director, you'd instantly get it. Well, yeah. I will say that last week we talked about uh, films which had a child lead. This film that also. Was, I just so fuck long ago. I don't remember that. This this has a child lead. And it's a slightly older film. And it's. Got a big spoiler in it. Uh, if you're going to say The Sixth Sense, I don't think that counts as a number film. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, is it really? Because it it's Sixth, Sixth Sense. Sense. Yeah, that's why I didn't think about that. Because, right, and it's stupid, but here's the reason Sixth is the word, it's not the number six. <laughs> yeah. That's what. That's why I never would have thought of that. This film. is why I put this early on. Yeah. Um, you got the answer right. Of course it did. It's me. Yeah. I'm brilliant. I don't need your fucking help. Um, but like it sets a precedent that like it's like sixth counts because you can see the the focus on the number. No, I disagree. <laughs> it's also inaccurate. Humans have far more than six senses. Anyway, next one. It's true. Say what you want about okay. the. Uh... <laughs> I'll talk over your review. That's what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. Say what you want about the saturated color palette and the use of blue screen, but this film is stunning. Every other sense is reminiscent of a Renaissance painting, and I totally dug the use of slow mo too. Gave us a clear look at the sweeping, brutal action. Uh, <laughs> I felt that had slow mo in it. Sherlock Holmes too. That's got a number in it. Uh, a vivid color palette and excessive saturated blues. color palette. Saturated, yeah, well, sorry. Yeah, sorry. sorry. I'll just, I'll just read it back to you. Um, all right, colour palette and extensive use of blue screen or green screen, whatever. Uh, and it says a lot of slow... It's dug the use of slow-mo and brutal action. It's going to be a slow quiz. <laughs> brutal action, slow-mo, colours. Sherlock Holmes. This has got two in it. Yeah, I don't know because that didn't have a very vivid colour palette. To be fair, saturated colour palette, slow mo, Mad Max, Fury Road. How many films do you know which like have a lot of slow mo in it? Not many. 
think of them. I, I can't think of one. It's just Sherlock Holmes. I can say it again if you want. <laughs> <laughs> if you, that's what you want me to do. Discombobulate. <laughs> Fine. Uh, I'm, it was 300. I mean, it's got a bit of slow-mo in the f- bit of it. And it's not... There's a lot of slow-mo in 300. It's not that saturated. The red is, but everything else is quite desaturated. Remember, this is, this is like, he makes a comment about the colour palette. To be yeah, it's so saturated. And I went, no, I don't think it is. It's very, like, um, yellowy, if I remember correctly. It's muddy, which is not yeah. saturated. Yeah. And also... What was the, what else did they say about the film? Excessive use of blue. Green you, said, you, you said it was like excessive, excessive use of blue or green screen, whatever it was. And it was brutal like, action. <clears throat> I think it was that brutal. Really? Yeah, I did think it was that brutal. There's like uh, lots of heads getting chopped off. There's lots of blood. There's yeah, a, a, it's quite brutal action. But it's not like yeah. But I've, when I say brutal action, I think when I think brutal, I think of like Saw or something. Yeah. That's just a standard battle film. I would say that's more gory, but well, that's it. That's what I mean. What's brutal is just like Vike, like. Uh, What's it called? Uh, what's it? Norseman. North, Northman. 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 That was brutal. That mm. was that was brutal. I didn't. I don't. I don't associate that with three hundred. Okay. I also, again, three hundred is one of those other films where I've I watched it and was completely uninterested in it, mm. which is probably why I didn't think of it. It got. It, it's so popular. It did so well. Yeah. And it's obviously got very memeable, with, especially with the Spartan kick or whatever. I it. I watched it and was like, yeah, okay, sure. And then didn't think about it again until two three hundred two, which I didn't see because I thought, oh god, three hundred Rise of the Empire, three hundred one. Confusing. I, I think Zack Snyder films in general are quite sort of. Yeah, like, they're not saturated. You, you, they're quite you, murky. No, what I was going to say was, um, three, uh, Zack Snyder films are quite polarizing, and you have mm. people who you have it has a very core fan base. I mean, you, could, you saw what happened when it came to Justice League, mm. um, but you have. Um, a lot of people who just really just don't care that much about about it or don't vibe with his aesthetic and yeah. his sort of way of telling stories. Like when I was going through the re- reviews, it's like there are a few people saying like, is uh, Zack Snyder like a very passionate director? Yes. Does he have a vision? Yes. Does he make good films? <laughs> and then people are like, yeah. But like, I, I uh, like a lot of Zack Snyder films. Yeah, see, I didn't like... Any of the DC DC stuff that he DC. covered, DC uh, DC stuff that he did. And not to say I hated it, but I wasn't a fan. Mm. I wouldn't have ever recommended it. However, I didn't see the Justice League, the Snyder Cut, or whatever it was. Mm. Apparently, that was better. Yes. Would you say that was a lot better? Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't want to watch that because it's four hours long. Yes. And I think that is too long for any film. I don't care how fucking good it is. It's four hours. It's stupid. Mm. Make it into two films. What are you doing? <laughs> My bladder can't take it, Captain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or just uh, at least put an intermission. Just have a yeah. Like, I just, I just, just, just a like, right, go pee now. Like, <laughs> that's all I need. That's all I need. Have a guy come around with like ice cream, uh, <laughs> with a bucket. Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. Uh, oh, did you? So I saw a bit with. I saw a, a clip of a stand-up comedian. Mm. I didn't recognize a stand-up comedian, but he was. He, he's picking. He's picking on members of the audience. Just sort of. Sure. Whatever else, and he picks up this guy. And he went, oh, what's this? What's your name? And the guy went, Zach. Yes, I have seen this. I go, Zach. And then the comedian goes, all right, well, you look like you're really annoyed that I had to ask that. Like, why are you so annoyed? Like, And he just has a go at him for asking, for look, having a go at him for looking odd yeah, for being questioned about his name. And then he's just like, okay, this guy's a bit of a dick, whatever. And then he goes, okay, what do you do? And he goes, I'm a movie director. And the comedian goes, 
oh shit <laughs> <laughs> well he, 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 go, he goes he goes like uh, Zach and he's like does the joke he pissed off and then afterwards he goes oh I'm a, I'm a director and he's like oh there's only one director I know who, who's called Zach that's not what he does it, it, I'm pretty sure it is no I'm telling you how it does it but thanks for interrupting me and telling me the wrong version of it okay fine <laughs> he says I'm a movie director and the guy goes oh god how bad did I just fuck up have you directed anything I might have heard of and he Zach Snyder then pauses and goes uh, what's a what's another movie director Zach you've heard of and he goes Zack Snyder and he goes Somebody get IMDb out right now. <laughs> Somebody get yeah. IMDb right now and check out the fucked it up. I, I remember clearly where he realizes it's like that, yeah. that. That's that's the bit which sticks out. Is like he realizes it's Zack Snyder. He says Zack Snyder and then goes, "Oh fuck, it's Zack Snyder." <laughs> which I get is a funny moment, but at the same yeah. time, I did think you arrogant prick, Zack Snyder. Like he should just know who you are, first of all, and second of all, have to second guess the Zack. But yeah, yeah, it was a funny bit. It was a funny bit. Next one. Uh, four, uh, four stars because the lead is fantastic and watching the Falcon get owned for being named Clarence is forever funny however there is a severe lack of mum spaghetti oh, unable to give it, it a Damn fifth it. star I would have I got it earlier than mum spaghetti and then you, you, you you're giving it to me now <laughs> someone's I make them a little easier it's too easy you should have stopped after Falcon because that was a good one because <laughs> This guy's a gangster. His real name, Clarence, is a big line in the film. Mm. And you but it but I didn't know if you would know. Remember that specific. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. uh, it's uh, I am number four. Uh, is that your final answer? No, it's a mile, Peter. Yeah. Um. Well done. Right. Next one. Ooh. The scene where Patrick is singing "Can't Take My Eyes Off You" on the bleachers will forever be my favorite. I know scene this one. I know this any one. Film. 10 Things I Hate About You with Heath Ledger. Ooh, wasn't he dreamy? <laughs> a lot of people love uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in that film as well. They think he's like... Oh, he's like 14 in that film. Or oh, he looks it. He anyway. lo- he's very young. They think he's... They keep been saying in the reviews, they're like, oh, he's so sweet looking. He could do anything. And like, I, I, I will give him all my possessions and stuff like that. It's like, okay. That's creepy. He's... It is. He's thing, he's pro- I think he's over 18 probably. At, at the time. Yeah. Uh, but he is for like meant to be a high school kid, as, mm. as are they all. Uh yeah, that's a, that's a weird one. Heath Ledger, fair enough. Julia Stiles in that film, mm. who's uh, who plays Cat. Uh, very a little teenage Tom loved her in that. A lot of people really like Cat, and people yeah. people, people saying that um, uh, like uh, I remember one review where they were saying my boyfriend said I reminded her a lot of Cat, yeah. and she was like, "This is the best compliment." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because not not only is she like really hot, she's also she's like the uh, the sort of female version of Heath Ledger's character. Sure. They're both comp- they're both the exact same person, which is why they sort of have that mm. uh, romance thing. But they're very like aggressive, like no no bullshit taken. Like <laughs> I'm gonna put like she. I think she uh, there's a reference to she kicks someone in the ball so hard they have to have a testicle retrieval operation. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I want her to do that to me. <laughs> Next one. Uh, when will this be confirmed canon in the High School Musical extended cinematic universe? How are you going to give Zac Efron a basketball without letting him break into get your head in the game? Shit. Uh, the only other Zac Efron I film I can think of with a number in it is 17 again. Mm-hmm. Is it that? It is that. So I didn't know. I've not seen that. I didn't know there was a basketball thing involved. Mm. I think he's holding a basketball in the like in the on the like main page or was it called the cover? I forgot the word. Poster slash cover of the DVD. Oh, okay. Um, because the large... Did you have the DVD? <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't have the DVD. It just I've seen a lot of Tom Star, Tom, Tom, mm, seen a lot of Tom Scar content, and he raves about Seventeen again. Why? 
Why? <laughs> Why? Is it good? I, I don't know. Are I've you raised about it, but you never thought to watch it? I probably will at some point. When? Next question. Um, this is so wonderfully goofy. Has anyone else completely walked away with a movie the way actor does at the moment he slides no, into I, the frame? Can, I, can you let me know who the actor is? His energy is insane. I could watch actress say multi-pass on a loop forever okay, well i know the answer to that then but also you could have given me the actors that'd be helpful uh, it's the fifth element yeah fifth with a five <laughs> yeah it's spelled slightly differently to the way the actual title's spelt mm. um this is why i didn't give you the actors because as soon as i gave yeah. you chris tucker and then mila jovovich um you would know exactly what it was yeah um, i also would have got it from multi-pass Mm-hmm. Or anything else because that film's great and I love it. I was uh, if you seen Fifth Element, right? Yes. Yeah. If if you didn't get uh, multi pass, I, I would just I would give you the choice of of the actor or the actress. Which one would you want? Okay. I mean, that's like the most famous line from the film. Like, I don't think anyone yeah. who's seen that film wouldn't recognize it from that unless mm-hmm. you know, they didn't like it. Uh, that's a Fifth Element's a really good film, or well, interesting film narratively because the bad guy and the good guy never meet and aren't even aware of each other. Mm. Uh, Gary Oldman never interacts with Bruce Willis at any point. Even though they have consequences from each other's actions, mm. they just go about they're like ships passing in the night. They don't actually have any clue, and I like that. You don't see that these days. And yeah. Gary Oldman is excellent in that film as well. He is. <laughs> he really nails it. Uh, next one. I never thought I'd be so thrilled to see a bunch of of white men arguing for an hour and a half. Twelve Angry Men. Yes, well done. Because I can't think of another film with white men in it. To be honest, <laughs> it's got to be that. And the final one: liberty, equality, and fraternity. The director we all, uh, uh, the director knew we all want. Or, the director knew all we Do want. You want me to read it? No. The director knew all we want is to be acknowledged and loved. The most depressing and optimistic coming of age story, all in those priceless long takes and faces of adolescence, unforgettable. Shit. I don't know this one. <laughs> so, uh, is that? Is that, is that all you're going to get? Do you want a clue? Um, I mean, I will want a clue, but not after I pretend to know the answer a bit longer. Mm. Uh, coming of age, young people, adolescence, French, maybe? French? Give me a little a wee wee. I will get, you know what? Because you like you, I'll give you that clue. It is French. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Um, how did you how did you randomly oh because the other the other close was French wasn't it? Sure, but what do you mean? How did I guess it was French? Yeah, because you started it with liberté, égalité, fraternité. Yeah, which that's is true. which is French. That is the true. The first three fucking words were French. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how did you work this out? Oh yeah, that's very true. Uh, you moron. <laughs> uh, French. <clears throat> I, I don't know my French numbers. Uh, cats because it sounds like cat. Uh, call me by your name. Call me by four name. Call three by four name. I don't know French films. You will know this one. Ratatouille. No. Do you, want, do you want me to? No, because I'm going to know it, and it's annoying. Numbers. All right. So let's let's just do all the numbers. One. <laughs> it's the loneliest number. Two. It can be as bad as one. Uh, no idea. Give me a clue, actually. No, give me a clue, and then I'll know it. Uh, probably the biggest one, the biggest, if not the biggest, film from a very iconic French director. 
like the like a very very iconic French director. I can't think of a single French director. Travaux. Who the fuck's Travaux? Really? Who, yeah. Okay, but like a very famous French director. No idea. The film is. Do you want me to give it to you? Yeah. Uh, the Four Hundred Blows. Never would have known. I don't know what that film is. You know, okay, it's it's quite a. Um, What's it called? The Four Hundred Blows. Four Hundred Blows. Is yeah. this just the title of your sex tape? Um, I've never heard of this film. I've never heard of the director. I would have been on this. I never would have got this. <laughs> it's a yeah. It's it's Do, worth worth watching. Are you sure you didn't mean Ratatouille? <laughs> yes. The next film which we've got to oh, talk just about. Brushing it under the carpet. Yes. <laughs> it's one of the most French famous French directors <laughs> ever. Don't know it. Oh, okay. Well, you, on. well, okay. Fine. We, you got. This, if that was the other way around, Pete, I'd be yelling at you for not knowing this. I'd call you. You know, many, some, many things. Yeah, many things. And I wouldn't have stopped by now either. I'd have still have kept on going. You'd have yeah, because to... I'm not as much of a dickhead as you. No, I just think you're wrong a lot of the time. Um, and this is one of the times I where maybe be. I should have seen a film, but I haven't. Cause mm. Probably because it was all in bloody French. I think 7 out of 9 is pretty good, though. What's that? That's your score for that. Oh, okay. I thought that was another French film. No, I was actually going to put in I Am Number 4. Yeah. Um, and, but I was like, I haven't seen that. I wouldn't have got that. <laughs> that you, you would, yeah. You you probably wouldn't. Have, I don't know if you'd seen it. So I was trying to go for ones which you probably probably might have seen. Okay. okay. The next film we're talking about is Scream Six. Scream Six. That's got a number in it. <laughs> uh, in the next instalment, uh, not Scream Seven, Scream Six. This is the survivors of of the Ghostface killings. <laughs> the leave, survivors of Scream Five <laughs> leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. So it's like Babe Pig in the City. Yes. When they go off to New York. But a little bit more murdery. Well, we hope. Mm. Uh, I haven't seen any of the Scream films. I think I've seen one of them. The first one. What was that I called? have seen the first one, yes. What was that called? Scream. All right. Uh, what? It, man kills people? Yeah. It's, I think it, it, the Scream films are... Is that, is that a parody? Yeah. It's, parody ca- it's, it's, it's semi-parody. Right. Um, so it's like you have characters who are very aware of uh, what horror films are and horror film genres. I see. Um, so that's kind of one of the things of Scream. And then they take it... I think in the scary movie, they take that even a step further where they have a character who literally just says it out, like says it more outright. But um, because of Scream being being that's what Scream is where it's sort of su- somewhat self-aware I want you to make up a, mm. uh, a horror movie slasher now I know uh, I've, I've given you sort of like certain things so to make it easier so you've got like multiple choice you would make it really easier if we started talking about Luther <laughs> <laughs> okay so making up a horror movie slasher where would be your first kill the victim's home the park a college a bouncy castle or somewhere else that was an odd choice bouncy castle uh, their own home they're at home? Yeah. Okay. It's nice to sort of see other places. I've yeah. been to the park. I've been on a bouncy castle and I've been to other things as well. Mm-hmm. So I think they're at home. Okay. Fair enough. Um, do, would you taunt your victims if you're the slasher? Not really. I'm quite lazy. So I think I'd just sort of go in there, kill them, leave. It would be a very boring horror film. Like you wouldn't, Ideally, if I'm any good at my job, mm. uh, it wouldn't really be... It wouldn't be a horror film. It would be an assassination film. Like right. it'd be like Hitman. They'd just be like in the kitchen. They'd just go dunk, dead. They get shot in the head, <laughs> and then gonna... I'm gone. Like yeah, yeah. it's not really. I wouldn't want to talk them beforehand. But again, if I was writing this horror film, I yeah. probably would talk them beforehand. Okay, so because uh, you said yes and no, I, I actually put an if yes and if no. Oh. I go for if no because it's your one. Uh, if you are being a slasher, if it's me, yeah. Uh, how does the victim find out they're being hunted? They don't. 
The first option is they don't. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> the second option is they spot something for stalking slash following them. Uh, the third option is you're not hiding, and the third, fourth option was um, something else. But you've gone for they don't. They you don't. just you're just smooth with it. I think you get away. You get away with a lot more things if they just didn't see you coming and they couldn't escape or fight back. Like mm-hmm. a lot of these movie slashers, they're very overconfident. Mm-hmm. They'll be their own downfall. But talking about being confident, and they're yet yeah, and yes, you are taunting. Uh, how are they? How are they? How do you taunt? And the options are: call them, call them on the phone. I don't like shout, that. call out to them in the area. Don't like phone calls. Hugely unsettling dance number. Definitely not that. Or something else. Hugely unsettling dance number is me after four pints anyway. Like, <laughs> but remember, you're making this. You're making this as the other option because you said you you would be be like the stealthy. The oh yeah, you. I mean, the unsettling dance number <clears throat> is very hard to get across. Well, yeah, like it it would probably come across as very cringy and embarrassing <laughs> if you're sitting and watching that film and the bad guy starts doing like a dance off. It's very like Guardians one. <laughs> Like yeah, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be good. It, it depends what sort of slash you make. Did you like that in Guardians One when Chris, uh, Chris, what's his name? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. He starts dancing. I know it's a distraction for Ronan. I think my sort of my perspective was similar to Ronan's, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, mine was just like, "Oh, this is fucking stupid." And then, and then it was sort of like it became an attraction. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. okay, fair enough." Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I think. Yeah. My my response was very similar to Ronan's. Yeah. <laughs> I think when the direct, when James Gunn was was talking to I don't remember who the actor who plays Ronan was, but um, uh, Lee Pace, right? Um, <laughs> when he was talking, it was like, just react how any normal person would react in this situation. That's your reaction. Like, what the fuck? I'm just <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. Um, yeah. So it would not be that. I don't think I'd do a dance number. Right. The phone call. It's it's been done. It's too cliche. This is I'm using some cliches. So it's like yeah. you know because I've I've picked the victim's house, the park, a college, and the bouncy castle because they're all cliches. Obviously, yeah. Uh, so what was the second option of how to uh, just them? calling out to them, being like like you know how because obviously a phone call you go um, I'm somewhere in the house and then you have or if you have the short call out to them you're just like saying their name creepily down a hallway or something like that. Yeah. I think I would do both. I, think I would be in front of them and then call them. <laughs> I'd be more ominous. You just like, just like put your finger up and like wait how a second and call you. It's like I'm in front. Or or I'd write them a letter in front of them. <laughs> Bring like a whole desk. You just, know I mean? just 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 pull out the desk from a different room. Go like. Urgh. Yeah, like Men in Black. How so? Can get the pen out. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, when Harry's writing in the the diary and then it starts writing back. Yeah, yeah. I would have that instead. I would just have Tom Riddle come and sit next to Harry and then go, "Hello, <laughs> Harry Potter." Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. That's creepier. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Like that. So, would you go for? Would you go for letter? Or would you call them in front? Of them? I think letter. <laughs> And then, like they, I like there'd be a joke where they'd look at it and they go, they'd squint a bit because my handwriting is quite poor. They go, like, what? And I go, oh, and then write it again, like all caps. Yeah, yeah. Right. And next, uh, next question is your murder weapon. You've got a, uh, a big knife, a big axe, a big scythe, or a big something else. A big scythe is impractical. I feel like if you're in a big, if you're in a field, great. If you're going down a hallway and chasing yeah. someone, like you get that off, you bang off a door, bang off the wallpaper, you'd scratch everything up. It'd be, it'd be embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, how big's the knife? It's up to you. Because uh, I would, having just said that I wouldn't have, 
Maybe I'd have a really tiny knife. <laughs> like Puss in Boots gets given. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. Fir- at the start of the film. Uh, yeah, I think I'd have the little little Beretta knife. <laughs> like a little little knife. And then he'd just go, ha! <laughs> just look down at it and realize I'm just acting it out here. And no one can see it. Mm-hmm. A tiny knife. <laughs> yeah, they, write, they see me writing a letter and I just bring out the tiniest little <laughs> knife ever. But then, like, you touch it and you go, oh, actually, that's quite sharp. <laughs> Would it, like, okay, so it's sort of almost like a scalpel esque. Yeah, but, like, a scalpel is threatening. I mean, like, a really tiny knife. Would it be, like, a stubby as well? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, really, just a really, an absolute chode of a knife. But, like, it really, it really does come down to a really fine point. Mm. So, is it almost like you're going for a death of a thousand blows sort of thing where you're just doing, like, stabbing lots and lots and Yeah, that's more, th- I think that's be more threatening. Fair enough. Um, what would be your mask? Would you have a deformed skull, a plague mask, a motorbike helmet, scuba diving mask, a famous a mask of a famous person, Jim carries the mask, Jim carries mask, or, or something else? Alrighty then. <laughs> um. Oh. I think I would have a mask of my own face. <laughs> and then, just as I'm about to, just as they're about to die, I lift up my mask to reveal. Oh, it's it's actually been me the whole time. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, <laughs> um, right, next one. Uh, what would be your slasher motivation? Um, you don't like people having sex. I already know my motivation. Okay, you, uh, you don't like people having sex because there's a famous trope about film, like horror films, they don't like people having sex. Yep. You were treated poorly at school. Um, you are sac- you are sacrificing people to the blood god, All right. or you are bored, um, or so something else. The answer is something else, and the answer is people who talk in cinemas. <laughs> Just anyone who talks. Anyone who talks in the cinema, for any reason, I don't care if they're having a medical emergency, you're going to die. I'm going to follow you home from the cinema, write a letter very angrily in front of you. Just doing this, just having a finger over my mouth and going. Shh. <laughs> And then, like, slowly it starts stuffing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I haven't got any options for these ones, but I've got questions. What What would be your most iconic kill? Oof. Um, having said that my... Well, I, I assume I don't have to use my murder weapon for this. Purpose. No, you don't. Yeah. So when I went to see Tar, uh, however many weeks ago it was, uh, a man walking in front of me as the film was starting in front of heavy... heavy uh, dense monologue that you have to listen to answered his phone in the middle of a fucking cinema mm-hmm. and fully added, started having a phone conversation before he was loudly told to shut the fuck up not yep. by me thankfully uh, I would make him eat that phone <laughs> and of course I've never imagined this before now um, but very slowly making him eat that phone while I just well again that would be my sign- the signature would be a finger over my lips just going shh Okay. And it would be about a ten-minute scene, and would you with uh, no cuts? And w- <laughs> would you? Would you? Because I assume you're killing people. Are you killing people at the home or at the cinema? Um, at the cinema. You should oh, wait, no, at the cinema because that will disrupt other people. Maybe, maybe this is where you find them. You find them in the cinema, and then yeah. after the fact, you find like a place where you can get them. Oh, you know what? Would be, no, you know, totally. Tell, tell you what it is. I'm in the cinema. I'm watching films. People start talking. I fucking sit through the entire film and I listen to them making the most fucking annoying noises, chewing loudly, all this other shit. Mm. The credits roll. While the credits are rolling, I kill them. Then all the lights go up at the end and I'm gone at that point and then everyone just turns around to see a dead body. 
with like either cut open or like with the phone shoved down the mouth and that's the thing and like the serial uh, the cinema murder or whatever obviously in this in this universe people stop going to the cinema mm. it's like it's like after that guy in the dark night shooting or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. but i uh, become a vigilante a hero among men people feel like they can go to the cinema safe now in the knowledge but they go one someone goes with his girlfriend one time and then she goes babe who's that and he just looks at her and goes <laughs> <laughs> No, she didn't do that. Uh, or, or someone who's just sort of um, like uh, they've got their food at the cinema, yeah. and then everyone's very quietly eating popcorn, which for some reason is a it's a very loud snack that is popcorn, and it's become iconic for films. But whatever, um, the standard for films, sorry, not iconic. It is iconic as well, but whatever. Um, but someone buys something which is a bit bit bit, bit, bit too loud, like a crisp or something. Yeah. And then each time you're biting it, it's the. <laughs> Yeah, a poorly timed one of those. That'll end. That'll end very badly. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, with your with your story as the slasher, mm. would you be successful? Yes. Okay. Uh, what would be obviously what would be the resolution of this? And you have to take a negative uh, action on you because you know you're successful. You manage to get what you want, but like something bad also happens to you. Um. I don't think. Well, I don't think that anything bad would happen to me. I think that it would be one of those things where you think you've found a loophole. You think, it, like Final Destination, right? Mm-hmm. In all of those films, they, they 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 beat death in the end sure. until the very last scene, in which they realise that they've actually all they've done is they've reset it or they've done something else or they've you know started over on the timeline. It would be the exact same thing where um, people realise that, say, that going to the cinema is deadly. Cinema shut down as a result. I that so therefore I lose. So mm-hmm. I don't get to watch all this stuff. But then they're at home watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah. So you've lost cinema, but you... I've lost cinema. But ultimately, I just like killing people in this day. But they're watching a film mm. in the cinema. Oh, no, in, in, in home. And then uh, someone else comes in. Go on. Maybe like you're watching, uh, like the people are now watching things at home. And then you're sort of you're now hunting people through like you're watching people who are who are watching films at home. <laughs> and then if there's a group of them, you go. Who's making the most noise? So whenever anyone's yeah. in a group setting watching films, you're now the yeah. the bane of I'm their the, lives. I'm the killer of fun. <laughs> the killer of phone conversations. Yeah. Well, you can't just hang out <laughs> and watch a film and have a good time. It's cinema. You've got to appreciate it. Yeah. What would you Lots call of people? Work very hard. What would you call your slasher thing? Shut the fuck up in the cinema. <laughs> just shut the fuck up. It's good. It's yeah. not good. It's a terrible lazy title, but it's true. Yeah. What would be your killer name? I don't know, man. This is literally the, like I was just coming up. Tom with Goddard. <laughs> Tom Goddard will kill you if you talk in the cinema because it is true. Okay, right, brilliant. Well, um, now we're on to our last uh, film, Luther. Um What's that about? It's about Luther. Ah, what's the synopsis of Luther? Brilliant but disgraced uh, detective John Luther breaks out of prison to hunt down a sadistic serial killer who is terrorising London. Nice. Yeah. So it, is, it sounds like a horror film starring Luther as the bad guy. It's like <laughs> the thing that's chasing you. Because the thing about Luther, which they always bring along aspects to sort of the usual genius detective stuff, like you can figure out, you can read people, you can whatever. Mm. But the thing about Luther is, he's really fucking big. Yeah. He's really like... The way he's got his really cocky walk with his hand in his pockets and his coat's like going outside. And he's just like, he's very intimidating. Mm. Like, as opposed to like Sherlock, 
where he's meant to not understand humans and uh, have this lack of emotion. Mm. Luther is sort of the opposite. He's very empathetic, and that's how he solves a lot of it. Obviously, he uses a lot of the forensic stuff as well, but he's very emotional, and he was he's prone to just outbursts of temper. There's a bit in like the season one where he realizes that his now ex-wife has been started seeing someone new, mm. and he's like begging her to come out with to be to go out with him instead. You know, come back to him. And then she's in there, and he just goes fucking apeshit and smashes through a fucking door. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Why, Zoe? Why?" Punches through, it and the door just disintegrates like it's made of fucking paper. Mm. And then you realise, like, "Oh, okay, Luther's Luther's not to be fucked with. This is not yeah, like some, yeah. Cause the yeah, he's not going to think his way out of a scenario. He's going to fight his way out. I I, th- I think that's one of the like appeals of Luther as well. It's sort of behind the he, he obviously like Luther seems to be like on the good side and everything that. But like when you start digging deeper, and if like he's to break that good good side, he can just absolutely. He has no qualms about like yeah yeah like there's a bit where he's interrogating someone and he throws them off the side of the wall into like a block of flats. So he's like quite up and he's like dangling them over yeah. his, and he's just like you know, whatever, whatever information he's looking for and his partner. That's the whole the theme of some of the seasons of Luther is his partner's trying to rein him in because the internal investigations are tracking down Luther over all of his like you know illegal activity question is luther yeah the british version of version of batman kind of kind of even though except without the wealth obviously yeah i mean he lives in like a quite a rundown apartment in in the show yeah uh yeah kind of it's just sort of like that i don't think he like he wouldn't be in the interrogation room and start beating people up but out in the streets Uh. where he's no 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 it it, like is in like (laughs) If he's got them like in the prison in the room locked up with people watching him, that's when he's on his like fairly good behaviour. But then he'll go outside, find where they live, and then come <laughs> and, like, like there's a bit with um where they they've they've got this guy. They know that this guy is the killer, mm. but they can't prove it because sure. he's in his past uh been investigated by the police and then sued the police mm. for wrongful arrest or whatever and they've they've awarded him a lot of money so the police are very reluctant to investigate him because they don't want to be stung again Yeah, and they've got this they've got this crime they've got this evidence but they don't have this guy's DNA so they need to compare it so what Luther does is he literally puts on like a bobble hat to try and disguise himself mm. it looks exactly the same walks up to the guy in the street and punches him straight in the mouth <laughs> with um, he's got like a a poly bag over his fist okay and so he just punches the guy in the mouth gets all his blood all over his fist and then turns the bag inside out so he's got a blood sample and then he just <laughs> submits it to the lab and then the guy obviously knows who it is and what who's done it so he goes to the police and said John Luther punched me in the mouth of the street there was open assault and then Luther's just like well, you can't prove that yeah. <laughs> you haven't got any evidence for that I, I, that was Lucian that was the guy in the hat that was a bit look no hat <laughs> there's like a hat clearly in the bin it's yeah. like that's the hat it's, not, it's in the bin yeah but yeah Luther, Luther's um, it does it does what a lot of British series end up doing is that they come on a bit too long yeah. which is why I'm a bit like ooh we'll see about the film but the character great yeah uh, it gets a bit silly towards the end, the last mm. few couple of seasons, as anything hap- as anything does if it goes on too long. It it, it is interesting because when I saw the, uh, this being one of the upcoming releases, I was like, oh, I'm really excited for this now. I forgot. I, I and it's again, it's more my love of the first few seasons. Yeah. And then as time went on, I was like, oh, I still enjoyed Luther, but it's not the same as it was. Um, but now I'm really excited for, to see it again. <laughs> I think um, it's just because it's been a while. It has been a while. And it probably won't be the best film ever. But if it is, great. And if yeah. it isn't, ah, well, nice to it, see Idris Elba punching people in the face again. It is a Netflix film. Oh, it's not coming out of cinemas. Are they not mm-hmm. even doing like a week-long thing like they do with Knives Out? Don't think so. I mean, that does, det- that does take away from it, but I will still watch it. Yeah. Like, it, that is a shame. 
It means it means you'll be able to watch it easily. Yeah. If the alternative was that it didn't get made, either you know, I'm, I'm fine for it to be on Netflix because yeah. it you know might have been that another uh, production company or uh, distributor didn't want to take it up because of the cost of it and they weren't sure it was going to do that well or whatever. Fine. Mm. Uh, so maybe that's why it wasn't going to be in cinemas. But Netflix, you know what? Fine, I'll go with that. As long as, uh, well, I haven't seen the film. As long as it's not too terrible. <laughs> I really hope it's good. Um, but who is your my question, which I was going to ask is, uh, do you have a favourite on-screen detective? Well, yeah, but it's Luther. Is it? <laughs> I can't just say. Well, hang on, let me think. The thing, the thing, the, yeah, the, there are other ones, so I don't know if there's. Yeah. A Sherlock, 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 and also Sherlock, Sherlock. Sherlock adaptation of Sherlock. <laughs> uh, so Sherlock gnomes. Sherlock gnomes. Mm, nah, that's yeah, that's in the clear. That's on its own. Um, I quite liked. See how they run, <laughs> and it's no by no means my favourite detective ever. Ah, mm. oh, actually no, my favourite on-screen detective. As much as I do like Daniel Craig in Knives Out, <laughs> no, gonna, no, no, as much yeah. as I do like him. My favourite, because it's even more silly and ridiculous, is Hercule Poirot uh, as <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. Just because it's just so hammed up. I mean, Daniel Craig is is you know just as hammed up, but I just find it funnier that Kenneth Branagh, the Shakespearean trained actor, has just got this big stupid moustache. <laughs> I'm going, oh, there's been a meltdown. <laughs> and it's like, what year is it? That this is like... Yeah, yeah. And I just find that really funny. Mm. When the first Knives Out came out, I, I found it great as well. But I also quite believed Daniel Craig's characterization of it. And after a while, although there are a few lines which stand out, you buy into it. It's mm. ridiculous, but you buy it. I never bought into Poirot as played by Curtis <laughs> Brother. It's just funny every time he but talks. Is is that just showing off um, Daniel Craig being a good actor or is it just sort of like the situation, would you say? I think it's just more the situation. I, I don't know if it's... I don't think not it's, it's not a commentary. No, no, no. I don't think it's a commentary on either one of the, their mm. acting abilities. I think that both of those films ha- are very fun, but in their own specific way. And I find *Knives Out* are better films, mm. but the Poirot films, I think, have got a better detective as their as their character. I mean, obviously, Poirot has been around for a very long time, and it's, mm. so it's stood the test of time. I don't know if Benoit Blanc will. I hope it does. I hope so as well, but I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, and also I feel like you might have said Daniel Craig knows that, I was, it, so I, I think I'm gonna go do something different and say Poirot. I was thinking Daniel Craig knows that. I think it's great. There's also the Pink Panther. Clouseau. Yeah. Clouse, uh, yeah. Um, Inspector Gadget. Yeah, Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I completely forgot about Inspector Gadget. You also got like, um, uh, Broadchurch was really good. Broadchurch um, was really good. And you got uh, David Tennant and uh, Olivia Coleman in that. Mm. Um, who are both excellent Broadchurches I, I haven't seen the American uh, version of Grace this. Point Grace Point but it's meant to be very similar except the the ending changes so it's oh. still it's still worth watching apparently because mm. of like the complete change I never um... so a lot of people when talk about the, the world's greatest detective go to Batman yeah I have never really seen too much of Batman be a detective in the comics I'm sure he is mm-hmm uh, and in some of the games, there's like detective mode where you do some detecting. Mm. But at least in the film versions that I've seen, even the even the older ones uh, with like George Clooney and all the other ones, and Michael Keaton, th- there was very little detective work in that. Yeah, it's I all think punch, punch, punch. That is definitely the case. I think the the latest uh, the Robert Robert Pattinson's um, uh, version of of the batman i think is the most detective-y but you're right i think a lot of them have sort of 
they come from an era where uh, comic book movies were still just a little bit cheesy and stuff like that, and then it went into the Dark Knight period, where it again there are like detective uh, points to it where you know Chris uh, Christopher uh, Christian Bale sorry uh, is like analyzing bullets sort of um, impacts on different types of yeah. concrete or whatever, which is kind of just which is kind of it is detective work, but it's yeah. not like the what you think of as what we think of as great detective work, which is when you when a person is figuring shit out. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say was you were saying about bullet trajectories when it reminded me of one of my favourite scenes involving two detectives, uh, which is something we haven't mentioned yet. In The Wire, right. there is a scene with McNulty and his partner go into a crime scene and, yes. and solve solve where the bullet came from using a, only a single word. <laughs> it's Just a, only using the scene. word fuck yeah. and going fuck and then going to a cupboard and seeing a damage on that and, a, and tracing that back to its original point and seeing the rebound and going mm. fuck fuck it's yeah it's a great scene honestly the, yeah there's some really great bits in the wire um which we, which is why you can sort of like see why it's a much loved tv series um it's it's, it's sort of the wire people say wire and breaking bad are the two best tv yeah. series yeah so i'd say also involved luther in that one too yeah stringer bell yeah um yeah, so I'd say I don't know. Ultimately, I like I like them all. I don't know who's my favorite on-screen detective, but I will say I will say that my favorite uh, on-screen scene with a detective yeah. is that bit in the wire because mm-hmm. it's it's just funny as fuck. Yeah, and actually shows them working it out. I think when it comes back to Batman, um, I think a lot of what they what people put into the detective bubble is he's able to figure out what is going on with other characters and figure out their weaknesses and like lots of the time when batman gets into a situation uh he's when he's got no prep time he's usually gets flattened yeah he gets taken by surprise um and then once he sort of like starts sort of trying to figure things out that's when he's at his best and he usually wins um, because he, which is makes it like that's kind of what makes the character very interesting is figuring his, the, their way around a certain problem. Um, but yeah, I think in when it comes to a lot of films, he's not as detectivey because maybe it's just not as interesting to watch on screen. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of when you go and see Iron Man, he's he is kind of like meant to be that sort of level of genius, and he creates all these amazing things. Mm-hmm. And there are certain montages where he designs a new suit or whatever. But broadly speaking. Once you've seen the one suit, you've seen them all. Like it's not, mm. it's not the reason you get drawn to that character. Batman, I think, is a bit of a different. There are slightly more creative ways of getting at situations. Yeah. Uh, but him sitting down and solving the crime isn't necessarily one of them. Mm. You want to see the new gadgets, and you want to see, yeah, you, know, you do want to see the fights as well. Uh, and I, I do think in the new Batman, or the Batman, uh, you you do get a good level of that. I find that like yeah. you get a good balance, yeah. apart from the last act. In the in that like. The Riddler, for whatever reason, decides to flood the city despite having lived. I felt that the plot of the, the Batman did kind of fall apart in the final act, or like mm. it just sort of it felt like it was tacked on, and didn't have much to do with the rest of the film. Okay, just because of the, the, the Riddler and his, it did and his motivations. From, it did go from zero to a hundred quite quickly, because um, it was like the, the the Batman was a slow paced film, mm. and then suddenly everything's exploding. Yeah, it felt like it almost felt like they needed a climactic ending for it, and so they put on this this subplot where he was going to flood the city and blow up this bit. I, I do, I do I, like it. I, I did li- like it, and um, I even though it was sort of like everything got ramped up at the end, I did quite. 
I did quite like the ending. I don't I, like. I'm on a slightly different perspective of of the ending than you. I think, mm. but um, great film. Mm. Um, last little question is uh, who uh, who do you reckon is uh, the best detective on screen? Like oh, as shit. well as your favourites, who would you reckon is? Yeah. So if I was committing a crime, who would my who would my least want to be investigating at the yeah. end? Um. Hmm. So yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't want to say Sherlock. <laughs> I mean, Sherlock is kind of like the one who you, you he, think of first. That's what he's meant to be. He's meant to yeah. be. Yeah. You know, just to his brain is meant to be so much better than everyone else's that, mm. that he just he just in, inspires awe in everyone who. I mean, obviously he's a bit of a dickhead as well. Yeah. Uh, Supposedly, um, the reason why Sherlock's always a dickhead mm. um, is because there's rights ownerships over Sherlock. I don't know the exact thing. But Sherlock, when it comes to the original books, he's got a lot of um, uh, a lot of periods of time where he's not a dickhead. Mm. Um, but because certain people own the rights to good Sherlock, essentially, uh, that he has to be appeared as dickhead in in basically most media, which is why uh, Enola Holmes was getting sued mm. because Sherlock appears in that, and Sherlock's a decent a decent guy in those films. Oh, okay, that which is like, really that strange. Seems like a really odd thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think another reason that Sherlock is often portrayed as a bit of a dickhead is that it is quite entertaining to watch, and it yes. just sort of, I think, it also helps to some extent to sell Sherlock as, as a, a genius. Human. No, no, as, as a genius, oh, right, because yeah. what helps is that you you try and explain that his brain works differently to another person. So you say, oh, he's he's really good at understanding, uh, analyzing people and things, like that, but he doesn't understand emotions. Like it's always mm. like if you if you give someone these superior abilities you've got to take something else away from them yeah. in order to make them feel like there's a bit more of a fair trade other than mm-hmm. he's just better than you it's kind of like because did you ever watch House? Uh, yes Yeah. based on Sherlock based on Sherlock uh, House and Wilson Holmes and Watson like there's all these yeah. he lives at two to one beat it's, it's him um, but that is his common thing of like he's he's amazing at his job he has very few friends but very close and dear friends but ultimately there are certain elements to a lot of the cases where he doesn't account for human emotion and he doesn't mm. account for why people might do certain things like be a, have attachment to other people that they love and he doesn't factor that into why a cause has happened or yeah so that's why that's more often than not why he'll miss out or get the wrong answer in something it's just because he misses out on human emotion and that's I think sort of the, the lack of care of, for people and more just about the game mm. that that makes it a bit more of a level ground and how he can have relationships with people because ultimately he's not better than them. He's yeah. just different. That's my two cents on the old uh, thingy, but Bob, I didn't actually give an answer about my no, he's the best didn't. detective. I did, but I just thought it was a boring one. Yeah, it, it is. A, it, it may be the like the obvious answer, but yeah, yeah. you know, it's the obvious answer for a reason. I mean, maybe Benoit Blanc. <laughs> I, maybe. Maybe. I, th- I think Benoit Blanc is sort of one of those people who, like, who sort of figures things out a little bit slower mm-hmm. and they do a bit of testing because Poirot <laughs> Poirot's version of um, of uh, like figure things out is like you're guilty are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, just accuse everyone accuse everyone and eventually you'll get the right person yeah yeah um, I don't know how it works I, I've, I'm not a detective myself mm. uh, let me think about other detective things uh, Murder She Wrote Mm-hmm. I watched a few episodes of that. It was broadly similar. Was that Agatha Christie as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so. I, don't, I said that was such. Yeah, confidence. you did. I was like, and then I was oh, just okay. like, <laughs> maybe that was Agatha Christie. I don't know. Um, yeah, Murder She Wrote. I've seen a few episodes of that. It's broadly the same thing. 
uh, you know, uh, Miss Marple, like that was Agatha Christie, definitely. Uh, it's all along the same lines of we bring everyone into a room, and I'm gonna either, either I've already figured it out, and I'm gonna walk you through it, mm. or I'm gonna accuse every single one of you, <laughs> and then see what happens. And I'm gonna accuse every one of you until you rule yourself out. What was the name of the um? Ah, oh, what was it called? The summer, like it, like the one which just takes place in the middle of England. Summer, um, some like it hot. Midsummer murders. Midsummer murders. Yeah, yeah. There's that one too. Yeah, <laughs> that's another one. I don't think I would rate. Like... There's a there's a show that goes out in the moment with uh, uh, Arthur Weasley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Father Brown. It's about a a priest, a, a parish priest who solves crimes in the local region. Mm. <laughs> Filmed in the Midlands, actually, so maybe I, maybe I can work on it sometime. Most wrote is not written by Agatha Christie uh, yeah, at all. I, I, I was I, like I said I said that so <laughs> confidence, such confidence, and then just instantly just went, no, no, that's wrong. Um, it was starring <laughs> what's her name, Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury, yeah, yeah. Which Ag- Angela and Agatha sound broadly similar, so like, maybe that's why you made that. Maybe. Connection. Oh man, I feel silly now. Well, who did write Murder She Wrote? <laughs> Uh, it was let's have a look uh, created by Peter S. Fisher Richard Levinson and William Link no idea <laughs> so it sounds like it was written for TV mm-hmm. rather than a well don't you feel very silly I do do you want to end this out of embarrassment now <laughs> well, uh, do you feel like you've learnt uh, anything today do you think that I should learn things from these podcasts because uh, this learn is always Lu- a closing question do did you, you learn like... that Luther the film was coming out this uh, this week I did right but is that an educational? Is this yes. an, are we going to class as an educational <laughs> podcast? Is going to get an educational section? Sure, why not? It's going to have like Stephen Fry and all these theologians talking about ancient Greece, and we're going to be like, "Film's coming out." <laughs> um, I mean, if you feel like it's educational, it could be educational. I feel like anyone who listens to this, because there's so many times where one of us will tell a story or a fact that we've heard somewhere. <laughs> It's so <laughs> ill-researched. It's it's like the Agatha Crisp, uh, Agatha Crispy, Agatha Crispy, <laughs> Agatha Rice Crispies, Agatha Rice Crispies. Um, uh, she wrote. So. Yeah, it's like we just say things with such confidence. Like <laughs> I I read this thing the other day, and we don't say what it is. It's always this thing. I saw a clip online. Yeah, just spreading misinformation. That's mm. what it is. And if you say it with confidence. Like, oh, was uh, Manishira Agatha Christie? Yes, definitely. <laughs> it is It is possible. If I know one thing, it's that Agatha Christie wrote Manishira. <laughs> it is possible that some people listen to this being like, oh, that's really interesting. Oh, this, these people might might have some intelligence. And then <laughs> I just want to clarify, we don't. Yeah. Don't go to a pub <laughs> quiz and put down anything you've heard here. No. Don't put your hand up in class and ask answer a teacher's question with anything you've heard here. <laughs> don't bring up anything you've heard here because everyone will call you an idiot. <laughs> The great thing about this, Pete, is that it's one way. We talk into the microphone and then nothing happens. <laughs> no, it's not a conversation. No. You could, you might say something completely true and I'll go, no, it isn't, you idiot. <laughs> it's what I think. And there's no one here to defend you. No. And and vice versa. But do I, you feel like you've learnt? No. Okay, good. Um, are you going to see, uh, do you think you'll see, you'll probably see Luther. I'll probably see Luther, but I'm, I'm annoyed that it's not in the cinema. Well, I don't know that it's not in the cinema, but it doesn't look like it I is. I hope it's in the cinema. If it is, I'll see it in the cinema. If it's not, I will see it at home. Mm. Are you going to watch any of the Scream films? No. I'm always I'm always hesitant to watch a film when it's on, like, yeah, Scream 6 
Mm. Like, same reason I watched Fast and Furious. Not that I think that the plot is that relevant to those films, but mm. I don't want to start in the middle because what if I really like it and then I've got to go back? And mm. then I'm, you know, I'd rather just start from the beginning, which I then rarely do. Mm. My, uh, I've got a, a few friends who absolutely adored the Scream films, so that their adoration of it. You've got a few friends. <laughs> Thank you very much. Some. Used to me. Um, but yeah, that I it, their sort of adoration of it makes me go. Hmm, I might go back and watch them. Yeah, maybe, maybe you should. But anyway, um, that is. I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you very much for being here today, Tom. That's all right. You're welcome. Um, Always a pleasure. Nice to see you. You're looking well. Thank you. If you enjoyed this, please uh, say so. Please, please do something. Please do something. Um, just keep it to yourself. Like it. I. Uh, um, do you like things on Spotify? Is it, or is it favoriting or? I I don't know. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, uh, and we we we're I'm trying to do the we're trying to do these every week. Yeah. Um. See, with every weekly release. Um. So yeah. Anyway, thank you very much. Cheers. Bye.